Chapter Twenty Four of Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil, by the Viscount of Taunay, translated by James William Wells. THE TOWN OF SANTA ANNA The same day Cyrino mounted his mule, and, on taking leave of Pereira, informed him that he would be absent for a week, more or less, giving as a reason for so unexpected a journey not only the necessity of visiting some distant patients, but also of procuring some remedies which he required. From the house of Pereira to that of Albino Lata, the road is so shady and pleasant that these twelve miles were easily covered. From here, however, commenced the open and rolling grasslands of the Campos, extending over a distance of sixteen miles close to the town of Santa Ana and under the ardent rays of the midday sun they are a somewhat weary stretch for the traveller especially one with a troubled mind for physical inconvenience only augments mental irritation as Cyrano passed over those sandy plains, weltering in the scorching heat of the sun, all the hopefulness which had buoyed him up as he wended his way through the soft shades of the first part of the road now seemed to disappear, and give place to a disconsolate and forlorn sense of despair, of a happy exit out of the doubts surrounding the motive of his journey dejected and pale with anxiety he allowed the reins of his animal to fall upon its neck and it to proceed at a slow pace in sympathy as it were with the dolorous forebodings of its rider what shall i do he thought to himself how shall i broach the subject so great was his despondency that he almost arrived at the pitch of cursing the beloved one of his heart Unhappy was the hour when first I saw that woman. Otherwise I could have gone on my way in peace. But now, ah, her eyes haunt me and lead me on to destruction. A beckoning finger, that, whether I will or not, I must follow even if it leads me to... Yet, ah, Innocencia, he exclaimed in a contrite voice, Pardon me, Innocencia, my angel. I am even cursing the hour of the birth of my happiness. I, who can fly if I would. But you, a prisoner in your home. No, unhappy me, I alone am to blame. Thus, steeped in melancholy thought, he arrived at the town of Santa Ana de Paraniba. From a distance the aspect of the town is picturesque in the extreme on the edge of the wild moorlands of the sertao of mato grasso and situated on the spur of a low range of hills it rises up above and overlooks the surrounding plains that however which gives it such an especial charm to any one seeing it from afar is the appearance of the vast orange groves surrounding the town and yearly crowned with thousands of golden fruit and amidst which are dotted the white-walled and red-tiled houses of the town, while high above the dark green foliage of the trees rises the cross of the modest church. 
crossing a brook of gurgling limpid waters and ascending a stony ascent lined right and left by little adobe-walled houses and palm-leaf or straw-thatched huts one reaches the principal street whose most prominent feature is a spacious old-fashioned house of two stories an iron veranda extends the whole length of the front over which the roof projects in a motherly sort of way as if it would shelter the whole house from the torrid rays of the sun it was here that resided the major martino de melotaques and in his dry-goods store on the ground floor were accustomed to congregate all the gossips of the place to discuss politics and local scandals in that silent street which impresses one so forcibly as the melancholy type of a decadent centre of a decadent population the prevailing monotony would be now and then disturbed by the clouds of dust raised by the arrival of a mule troop an incident which would attract to every window the lean sallow faces of women or to the doors the pallid forms of children pot-bellied from the habit of earth-eating or the fevers of the rio paranaiba also on sundays at the hour of mass would congregate many old women enveloped in mantillas and accompanied by other younger females clad in long black cloaks reaching to their heels and wearing the high combs so fashionable in years gone by Cyrano rode through the town, and as he passed the residence of the major, he waved a salutation to that individual, as he did not intend to stop to speak to him. The major, as usual, was seated on his counter, and surrounded by the elite of the society of the place, he was recounting to them many an oft-told tale not only his own exploits but also those of the old pioneers of the sertal anecdotes which were ever ready at the tip of his tongue there goes the doctor said one of those present hallo senor sirino shouted the major running to the doorway what is it that brings you here what is your hurry stop a moment won't you sirino pulled up his animal at these words the truth is, said he, I am on a journey, but not a very long one. I shall probably be back again in eight or ten days. The whole human contents of the store had by this time sallied out to the street, where the youth was at once surrounded by the little crowd of idle gossips, some almost treading on the hoofs of the mule, others stroking its neck or playing with the reins as their idle fancy induced them while each one pressed forward with curiosity depicted on his or her face the major comprehended the situation at a glance every one has his own private affairs to attend to he observed by way of commencement of an inquisition but if it is no secret what the diable signifies this return here he ought to be far away from here now observed one man it is nearly two months since he left "'Wait,' interrupted the padre of the town. "'It is not so. It is not yet two months. "'The doctor passed along this very street just one month and twenty-two days ago, "'at eight o'clock in the morning.' "'Very well, then,' continued the major. "'He has already had more than enough time to be out there by Miranda.' 
"'That is, if I was travelling light,' replied Cyrano. "'But you see, I have baggage mules, and besides, I stop here and there to treat the sick.' "'Ah, truly,' confirmed the collector, a long, lanky man wearing an old-fashioned tall chimney-pot silk hat. "'They do not think of that. All they think about is talk, talk.' "'I hope you do not refer to me,' interrupted the padre in an irascible tone. "'Whoever thought of doing so, Signor padre?' hastily protested the other. "'I speak in general, in general, you know. I do not—' "'But, doctor,' the major cut in, "'where have you been staying all this time? In some fazenda, eh?' As the cross-examination promised to last some time— it was absolutely necessary to devise some means to stop it. "'I have already been close to Securio,' said Cyrano, somewhat perturbed, in that it is not so very near as that,' observed the padre. "'Once I—' "'Now listen, Señor Padre,' ejaculated the collector, who showed signs of some long-standing antagonism to the priest. "'The young man never said it might be close to here.' The major repeated the words of Cyrano, somewhat accentuating them. "'Then the señor doctor has been nearly close to Securio? Is it not so?' "'It is a fact. There I met a person who, for some time, has owed me some money.' "'Some money?' inquired the padre. "'A person? What person? Who might it be now, eh?' "'Now, whoever can it be?' chorused a few voices." The major implacably proceeded. "'Let the doctor explain. You people make quite an algazara.' A shout, a noise. Footnote. This word has been left in, because it is interesting to see how such a distinctly Moorish word is yet used by country Brazilians in the backwoods of the empire, for algazara was the war-cry of the Moors. End of footnote. Almost stammering, Cyrano sought to continue. Ye yes, it was a muleteer. He sent to me an order to receive payment f from from a relative. I also had to pay the the other person. That that. Wait a moment," interrupted the major. Then you had to receive money and pay it back, eh? It is not all the same thing. Why, of course it is," added several of the bystanders. Cyrano abruptly ceased his explanations. "'Well,' said he, "'I shall be very soon returning here. I have to go a little beyond the river there.' "'Do you go to Melancia?' inquired the collector, haphazardly using the name of a well-known halting place for travellers. "'Further on,' responded the young man, who, seeing the utter impossibility of honorably evading the examination, altered his tactics, and addressing the major, said, "'On my return I shall have to purchase some sheeting and calicoes of you.' "'Ha! ha! I knew it!' boisterously ejaculated the padre. "'The doctor is going to get married!' Ho oh, ho! observed someone. Why so much secrecy? No one wants to rob him of his bride. Above all, pondered the padre, when the business has to go through my hands. The sudden reserve and the silence of Cyrano which followed these remarks gave occasion for the moment to many observations. I congratulate you, said one man. 
"'But who is the fortunate one of this Sertão?' inquired others. "'Meos senores!' cried the youth, seeking to rebuke the assumption. "'It is nothing at all!' The padre, however, proceeded, "'If you want a bit of advice, just hurry, for then I shall be able to knock over two rabbits with one blow of a stick. That is, if I marry the senor and the manicao at the same time.' "'Ah, so you can,' cried several of the men. "'But where has he got to?' asked another. "'A short while ago he was here.' "'Who, manicao?' "'Yes.' Hello, here he comes, announced a third. And really, at the end of the road, a man was seen approaching, mounted on a fiery horse, whose violent movements he calmly controlled with a firm and steady hand. The newcomer was quite the type of a captain of muleteers. The long flowing black hair, the wild yet gloomy expression, the sunburnt visage, and the vigorous, lithe, muscular form formed a whole that at once would attract attention. Hat, jacket, and leggings were of tanned deerskin. A red handkerchief hung loosely round his neck. His bare feet, carrying huge spurs, rested in coal-scuttle-shaped brass stirrups. The holsters of his saddle showed the butts of long horse pistols, and a bone-handle whip in his hand completed the tout ensemble of a muleteer in the exercise of his functions. "'Nosso senor be with you,' he curtly observed, as he reined in his steed in front of the group, and lightly touched the rim of his hat with the point of a forefinger." "'Good day to you, Signor Manical,' replied the Major, on behalf of his companions. "'Or rather, good afternoon. I know already that you are on the way to be done for.' "'Without doubt,' croaked the Padre. "'He is going to see the little torment.' The muleteer grimly smiled as he replied, "'No fear, Signor Vicar. I am not going to be demoralized by any woman. But a man is not a mule.' Some day he must have a child of his own. Life is but a journey. Cyrano and Menacal, the two prominent figures amidst the group of idle gossips, presented extreme contrasts. One so lusty in his rude health, so proud and indifferent in his bearing, as he calmly gazed around him. The other quite pallid and trembling with nervousness, "'Is this owl the surgeon?' inquired Manicao in a low voice, glancing at Cyrano, as he leaned forward to address the collector. "'Clotildes of the Venda uptown told me he had arrived. To me he seems to have the face of a humbug.' "'Eh, man,' retorted the other, "'but he has got a head on his shoulders. He has made a heap of cures about here.' Cyrano, noting that he was the subject of observation, with an amiable smile saluted his rival. "'Good even to you, my countryman.' "'Oh, life to you,' the muleteer dryly and sharply replied, and glancing towards the sun, added, "'See her now, what it is to be like a woman clacking her tongue. The sun is sinking, and I have yet to cover a lot of ground. Friends, adieu.' "'Senor Major, until I see you again. Senor Vicar, I shall shortly be here.' Spurring his animal, the circle of gossips quickly scattered, and Manacao proceeded on his way at a fast pace. 
Cyrano, in his turn, utilizing the rupture of the ring that had heretofore encircled him, pressed the hand of the major, and went away in the direction of the Rio Paranahiba, on whose margins he expected to pass the night. Hardly had he disappeared when a perfect rain of comments on him was poured out by the gossips. "'Did you notice,' said the vicar to the major, "'how the doctor is altered? So pale and old he looks, eh?' "'Now, I don't think he does,' contradicted the collector. "'I really do not.' The Senor Takis, major and justice of the peace, assumed an air of profound meditation, and with an extended finger, slowly pointing upwards, he gravely apostrophized, "'Mark my words, senores, hereabouts you will see by and by the tooth of a rabbit.' Footnote. A provincialism expressive of mischief or trouble. End of footnote. During that night and many subsequent days the town repeated those celebrated words. It was the major who said so, everyone asseverated in a tone of conviction. We shall see the tooth of a rabbit. End of chapter 24